0: Welcome to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. We're going a different direction this week. We're going into the fitness world where we have Drew Manning, who is back in the spotlight with a new challenge he's calling Fit to Fat to 40. He will be purposely gaining weight again while following select fad diets and doing them wrong and then losing the pounds by doing them right. All just in time for his 40th birthday In December 2020. Drew Manning is a well known keto coach, physical trainer, and New York Times bestselling author of the book Fit to Fat to Fit, best known for his Fit to Fat to Fit experiment that went viral. Drew gained over a million followers as he documented his 75 pound weight gain and weight loss journey back in 2011. His podcast has over 2.5 million downloads and he's been featured on TV shows such as Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, The View, and many more. His experiment has become a hit TV show called Fit to Fat to Fit, airing on A&E and Lifetime. Drew recently wrote and published his second book, Complete Keto, which is available wherever books are sold now. Drew is someone who takes fitness and health very seriously and shares compassion with people who struggle with losing weight. He believes empathy is something that's missing from the fitness industry, because not everyone understands how hard it can be, and empathy bridges the gap, and is key to understanding why some people struggle with transformation. Drew is the father of two daughters and resides in Utah. In this episode, we delved right into the mental health side of losing and gaining weight, and what it's like for a man to struggle with body image and losing your identity. Let's get right into it. Welcome to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. I'm so excited to have this really cool guy on, you know, someone who I just found on the internet in an amazing way. I follow the buttery bros. And then all of a sudden, this amazing person, Drew Manning, comes on the screen and talks about something that really touched my heart as a therapist, as a guy who has gained and lost weight over his life, uh, whether it's chronic illness, medication, or just getting older. and I started watching his YouTube videos and really got into it. And I said, I have to have this guy on drew. Can you please introduce yourself to the listeners?
1: Yeah, first of all, Eli, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Most people know me as the fit to fat to fit guy, which is something I did back in 2011, that kind of went viral in a nutshell. Basically what I did is I ended up gaining weight on purpose as a personal trainer and someone who had never been overweight a day in my life. I couldn't really connect with my clients. I couldn't understand why it was so hard for my clients just to eat healthy and exercise and be consistent with it. You know, because for me, my whole life growing up in a family in a family of 11 brothers and sisters and playing football and wrestling, it came super easy for me. And so I figured it was easy for other people. But then when they struggled with it, I was like, you guys, why is it so hard? You just do it. You just put down the junk food and you go to the gym. And it's not that hard um, until I had a client tell me, you know, Drew, you don't really understand how hard it is for me or for people like me, because for you, it's always been easy and that's all you've ever known. So I kind of took that to heart and I was like, okay, you're right. I don't understand. What can I do to gain a better understanding? And then boom, this idea entered my mind. And it felt like a calling almost uh, back in 2011. I was like, man, I think I'm actually really going to do this. And so I checked with my wife at the time, my friends and family, And before you know it, I decided to do fit to fat to fit. Um, And what it was was six months, no exercise. So completely let myself go. Ate an unrestricted diet. So lots of standard American foods, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Put on 75 pounds of pure fat in six months. It was one of the hardest, most humbling things I've ever done. And uh, some of the biggest lessons I learned from it were, one, empathy, because I used to be the judgmental person thinking it was so easy. And people just lacked discipline and willpower. And now I came out of it humbled, um, more empathetic with a better understanding, not, not a complete understanding because there's no way to truly achieve 100% empathy where you feel and experience that person's experiences. You can't really do that. But it's for me, it was so powerful. So I had a better understanding versus who I was before. Mm-hmm. you know. And so I wrote a book, created a TV show out of this whole experience. And like I said, it kind of went viral. So that's where... Most people know me from is that original fit to fat to fit journey.
0: Yeah, and I remember getting like uh, in that rabbit hole of YouTube and watching other um, trainers doing what you're doing or doing what you did in 2011 as part of this fit to fat to fit, and seeing the pain that they went through, the struggle of being this energetic, you know, Mm -hmm. trainer who is so proud of their body and their hard work, waking up at crazy hours to work really hard on who they are and helping other people. And all of a sudden you can see, and I remember watching your video little by little, you can see the pain and you can see the, the, mm-hmm. the weight quote unquote, no pun intended <laughs> on your heart and on your soul Yeah. and your relationships and how you interacted with the people around you. Can you talk about a little bit of that drastic change because of the weight gain?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and like you mentioned, everyone on the TV show, That's why we had other people come on was because I thought this was a powerful tool. So we brought on other trainers to do the same thing. And you see every single person go through the same almost cycle of like, you know, uh, fun at first and then lose their identity. And then they they freak out and then they become humble at some point. And that's where the empathy starts to come in. So for me, that first experience, the biggest lesson initially that happened was a loss of identity. And this happens for so many people, whether you're in health and fitness or not. But my identity was my body. So my body image became my self image because in my mind, I was Drew the fit guy, Drew the guy with the six pack, Drew the guy with the muscles, the fit person. I kind of built a sense of identity around that. And when I wasn't that anymore, even the first like 20 pounds, I freaked out. Like I wanted to go up to strangers in public and explain to them that I wasn't really overweight. I was like, you guys. I don't really look like this. Here's my website. This is an experiment. This is what I normally look like, you know, because I was so uncomfortable because of that identity crisis. And I think it happens for people who grew up their entire life inch or out of shape as well, where they attach their their identity to their body and they think their body is their identity vice versa. And so for me, that was a really powerful learning experience to realize that I am more than my body, but it took me going through that freak out, you know, Lots of moments, not just like one moment, but lots of moments like that, where I lost my identity, if you will. And that's where I became truly humbled as I started to gain the weight. And, um, you know, I was married back in those days and my wife, (coughs) she wrote a book or she wrote a chapter in my book, sorry, fit to fat to fit her chapter was chapter four, I believe, where she got to tell about it from her perspective and how it affected our relationship. Because here I was doing this experiment on purpose. But yet it still affected us in so many ways because one, I lost my identity. I lost my self-confidence. My, you know, I was very self-conscious about my body. So I would turn the lights off. I do not want her to see me naked. I do not mm-hmm. want to see myself naked. And it started to become way more of a mental and emotional journey than just physical. So that's where the greatest lessons were learned around the mental and emotional side and how physical health, whether it's good or bad, in this case, it was bad, affected my mental and emotional health for the worse. And I want to make a... Um, uh, a very important uh, distinction between weight, weight gain, or having lots of weight on your body and health, because I don't want to paint a picture of like, Oh, if you're overweight, then you're going to be miserable. It's like, no, when you're unhealthy, you're probably going to be miserable because it affects your sleep. It affects your hormones. Mm-hmm. When you aren't exercising, when you aren't eating healthy, when you aren't sleeping through the night and you're not managing your stress, those things have a, you know, a huge effect on your mental, and emotional health, more than you think. So it's yeah. not just about being larger, it's more so about the health aspect. So I just want to make sure. I love that you added that. My you know. wife's a
0: dietitian and uh-huh. uh, we <clears throat> talk about this all the time. You know, recently, I'll be honest, I've had a chronic illness called Crohn's for my life. well, uh, oh, not my life. Mm-hmm. Since I was 18, I was diagnosed and I've been waxing and waning with my weight. Steroids, losing weight because my body's not taking in the nutrition, back and forth, back and forth for the past 10, 15 years. And recently Mm -hmm. I'm put on medication that I've gained like 30, 40 pounds in the past year and a half. Wow. And it has totally messed with my identity (laughs) and totally messed with my, my self-worth, my self-confidence. But the one thing that my wife, who this is her profession, she looked at me and she said, Mm -hmm. but you're healthy. This is the first time in your life that you're actually healthy. You're bigger, (laughs) but you're healthy. And I love that you're healthy because you're not vomiting every day. You know, you're not sick. Mm -hmm. You're not this, you're not that you're healthy. And that's something. And I love that you added that piece because it's so important Mm -hmm. for people to understand if you're bigger, it does not mean that you're not healthy, but if you're unhealthy, it really impacts a lot of Mm -hmm. who you are and your head and your identity, you know, going from that identity of being that fit guy, which you are, you're a personal trainer, you're social media, you know, powerhouse Mm -hmm. with over 200,000 followers, right? You have a presence on social media. How is that in your head changing who your identity was? And I'm putting it out there for people to see what was the fear? What was the worry? Can you talk about that a little bit of walking out into the world and showing, okay, this is who I am now, but this is not really (laughs) who I am. And this is not how I identify.
1: Yeah, there's a good quote. uh, It's not a Brene Brown quote. I know that, but it has to do with the man stepping into the arena and how the critics don't count, you know, once you step into the arena. But the arena is scary because the critics are there and they're going to boo at you and and try and tear you down. But you're the one who has stepped into the arena, who has the courage and embrace vulnerability as a strength. But it's freaking scary to make that leap. And so for me, for the first time, I was just kind of I didn't really understand what identity was back when I was doing this. I didn't really understand uh, you know, self-awareness and emotional intelligence. I didn't really have that connection back when I first did this, but now that, that I'm, I've done this work, I can look back and, and see the the processes that I was going through of loss of identity and how it affected me. And so <clears throat> for me, uh, hold on, remind me your question again, before I dive into it.
0: It's really just about how did you grapple with that? How did you work through yeah. that? Because then you went the opposite direction of ended up losing the weight in a healthier way in a you know, yeah. I know you talk about this about with no fad diet, but doing it right um in a mm-hmm. smart, healthy way. But in that middle stage where you kind of went yeah. into that, that must have totally messed like mm-hmm. you said before, how was it putting yourself out there for people to see when you're posting on social media? You're still dealing with your clients, yes. okay, all that kind of stuff,
1: Yeah. So a lot of it had to do with caring about what other people think about you. And this is what was so scary for me because I, from the very young age, developed this sense of i need people to like me i need people to think i'm perfect i need people to think i'm this or that because <clears throat> i was so insecure about who i was on the inside and so i found a way of, of validating who i was from other people if i looked good on the outside so if i had a good body i noticed that this world respects that they're like comp they compliment you mm-hmm. and you look amazing and you kind of buy into that yeah mm-hmm. yeah thanks that makes me feel good mm-hmm. and <clears throat> so it's a sense of self-worth even though on the inside I didn't feel worthy. I felt worthless. But this was one thing that I could control that helped me develop some kind of validation from other people and a little, a little bit of, of fake confidence, if you will. And so it was really hard for me to be out in the public eye, going on all these TV shows and then being overweight because I, like I said, I wanted to go up to these strangers. I, they don't care what I look like. They don't even know who I am. But I have, like, I have to tell you, you it's know, like me. I have to let you know, yeah, this is not me. And I've talked to a lot of women who go through pregnancy. They kind of go through that sense as well, yes. where they get pregnant for the first time. Like, this isn't my body. What is happening? Um, so during that process, it was a lot of freakout moments, a lot of anxiety, a lot of nervousness and what wondering what people are going to think about me. Um, and it took me, I would say, you know, a long time to develop the sense of, of, uh, separation from body image as my self image. Even though I did that first experiment, I think that was the first leap or step into this Mm -hmm. realm, if you will. And then from there, I started to slowly realize, Hey, I am more than my body to the point where I, I, I'm doing this fit to fat to fit experiment a second time. And this time around gaining the weight I could care less. Dude, I took my shirt off all the time? Uh, I I watched the, the body. they're very big on that. Shirt yeah. the <laughs> exactly. And so like, I could care less about what my body looks like because I know that my body's temporary. I know that this is just a temporary situation that I'm in and that I don't need to get attached to my body image as my self image. And so now I, I don't care what other people think about me. Love if I'm 50, 60 pounds overweight, it doesn't hurt me. Like, but I had to go through that first experiment mm. and all this work that I've done over the years to get to this point where this time around, Dude, I, I, I went to Hawaii, had my shirt off. And that's the thing is a lot of it is in your head. Of yeah. like, oh, other people are going to think this about me. When in reality, that's the story you create and you live in that story. And that's not even reality. It's your reality, but it's not real because other people really don't care. Yeah. Except for you. You care so much about it.
0: But you're literally just totally wrapping up the idea of anxiety in a nutshell of the what if, what are they going to think? What if I mess up? <laughs> and, and there's a lot of anxiety about body. You know, whether you're a model, I have a, a colleague of mine uh, as a therapist in grad school who was a supermodel and, and she was a gorgeous woman and she was talking about the self image and body image issues in the modeling world, as well as in the, the physical, you know, you're the athletes in the world and even <clears> just a regular <throat> Joe Schmo or a regular person has that struggle. And I love that you brought in the male factor as well because people assume that these doubts of definition of who we are based on our body is, is solely with women, but it really affects men as well. And then, so now that you're, you lost the weight, right. And you went through that journey. Yeah. You now are like, I know you're wearing a shirt right now, even though we don't use the video team empathy.
1: Yeah.
0: I love that. You know, I'm a therapist. We're all about empathy and yes, you now Mm -hmm. have a better appreciation for the person who didn't grow up or in a style of just being, "Quote unquote healthy or in shape, how do you impart that when you're working with someone who sees you when they first walk in and you're in great shape now and you have that six pack or whatever your body looks like at that moment, which truly doesn't matter, but you're supposed to be that epitome of of body because you're the trainer. How do you then impart that empathy on someone who's doubting themselves? What can you tell the listeners if they're doubting themselves and they see someone like you, what kind of empathy can you give?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So here's the thing that helps out: is one, people who know my story know something about me. They understand that my whole brand is about empathy. But people that don't know me, that look at me, they're like, "Oh, dude, this guy's ripped. He's got tattoos. Like, oh, he must be a jock. Like, you know, they make all these judgments about me. The first thing, one, is to not take it personally. So don't come across and get defensive because someone's like, "Oh, I didn't, I, I didn't think you even knew what the word empathy was. <laughs> you know, I thought you just knew some bro science." Uh, one is not get defensive or upset about that. But two, how I've shifted over the years of working with clients since I've done my first experiment was that before I used to focus so much on the physical aspect of weight loss, right? Like, hey, nice to meet you. Uh, Tell me about your diet. Tell me about what you eat. Tell me about your workouts. Tell me about, you know, uh, the physical side of weight loss Mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, that's all I would focus on because that's all I knew. I wouldn't ask them about, do you emotionally eat or how is that for you? What does that, what do you think that stems from? and helping them build that self-awareness. So for me, it's it's a more of a focus on the mental and emotional side, first and foremost, to understand their background of, of emotional eating or food addiction, or you know, diets that they've been through to get a, a sense of what their perception of success looks like. And then from there, instead of working on macros and calories and things like that, it's a shift in perception that I try and work on for them to help them realize that success, their perception of success is what needs to change. And I come from a place of, of teach them how to operate on a place of self-love versus Mm self-hate. So if I can determine if they've probably gone through a lot of cycles of self-hate thinking, if I hate myself enough and discipline myself enough, I'll get this, I'll get skinny, I'll get this body and then I'll be happy. And then all my problems will go away. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I could get a sense of, okay, that's your perception, we can work with that because that's what you've been programmed to think your entire life. <clears throat> now, let's what would it look like if you loved yourself, if you truly operate out of a place of self-love versus self-hate? Mm. And then from there, we work on <clears throat> a few things like, well, if you truly love yourself, right? Treating your body with kindness is a form of self-love. Being lazy, doing whatever you want, whenever you want, and not exercising or not taking care of your, your sleep or your stress. Is not self-love, in my opinion. Self-love is treating your body with kindness. So we start to develop these, these uh, rules for, okay, what does self-love look like to you? Okay, let's take results out of it for a second. And let's focus on on uh, focusing on the process because you start to realize that you're worth it. So once you start to develop some self-love, you realize, okay, now I'm worth it to just do the process. Like just to eat healthy food and exercise, not for the results, but because I love myself and I am worth you know, fighting for my physical health. So now you start to realize, okay, this isn't about the results. It's about falling in love with the process because here I am a worthy being that deserves that. And so if I could just teach them to fall in love with the process because they're worthy of that, then they start doing the process, not as a chore, not as a punishment, but because they see it as self-love. And before you know it, that becomes part of their routine where they become consistent. And before you know it, the results become a byproduct. Of living a healthy lifestyle over time, and so that's kind of a, a unique approach of like how I work with people. You know, and, and my focus isn't so much on the macros and calories. Of course, we'll get to that later on down the road, but that's not what I start with.
0: I love that you're really like therapeutizing them, even though that's a fake word. Um, but you're yes. like, <laughs> yeah, I like that word. That's cool. <laughs> you're like really getting to the 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 cognitive thought process of the distortion that I I need a number or a loss of number to equate success versus how I truly feel on the inside. That makes me feel the way um, that I'm going to be and how I'm going to commit to this because we all go through that January. You know, I'm going to work out and lose this weight, (laughs) but we're not really coming from a sense of here's why I want to lose it or I want to be healthy, right? And it Mm -hmm. is a long game. You know, you kind of did the you know the shortened version and the cheat of like gaining (laughs) a lot of weight and losing a lot of weight in a matter of six to eight months. That's not a normal lifestyle or life cycle of weight gain or weight loss. But in the end, why are you doing it a second time?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Why am I doing this a second time? So the first time was about me really gaining experience of what it's like, um, because I didn't really understand what it was like to be overweight. And then I swore I would never do it again, right? So (laughs) I was like, I would never do this again. It was the hardest thing I've ever been through. And then a shift happened in around 2020. When 2020 began, and the craziness of the year and the pandemic Absolutely. and the riot and the division that was happening in our country, it almost felt like I was being called to do it again. Because I started to realize in 2011, social media wasn't what it is today. Yep. Like the amount of, of, of platforms there are and number of people that are on social media back then was nothing compared to what it is today. And I was like, you know what? Not a lot of people experience this as it was happening. And so I started to think of, man, this world, one, needs more empathy now more than ever. Mm. And two, the fitness industry needs empathy. And what if I did this again a second time, almost as a vehicle to catch people's attention, right? What's this guy doing? Let me watch what he's doing and then start consuming my content and realizing that my message is one of empathy. So I'm on a mission to disrupt the fitness industry by leading with empathy first and kind of making a stand saying, look, you guys, we need to change our approach and how we help people. And there needs to be more awareness of the importance of empathy in this industry, because like Theodore Roosevelt said, no one cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Hmm. And that is what my brand is about. No one cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Yeah. And so, you know, in this, in this industry that's so focused on body image and looking a certain way, what if we led with empathy first and what would that do for the people that feel left out, that people that feel judged or misunderstood or hmm. labeled as lazy or less, less than because they live in larger bodies? What if we led with empathy first? And so I felt like almost called to do it a second time to bring more awareness of the importance of empathy uh, to do it again so that more people would would watch it this time and make it more impactful, more powerful, more inspirational, more educational. And then do it again uh, as a 40-year-old because people in their 40s tell me all the time, like, oh, it's getting harder. My metabolism, my hormones are changing. It's not the same because I was 30, 31 when I first did it. And so I was like, let's 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 do this again the right way. But let's make it more powerful, more impactful, more educational. And I felt like, uh, like I said, called to do it a second time, which sounds crazy. Um, but for me, <laughs> but, it was but like the timing because yeah,
0: the meaning behind it is so powerful. And especially with 2020, you know, like people were gaining weight, people were doubting who they are, people lost jobs, there was a lot of just internal struggle going on in people's heads. And You know, something I wanted to ask you, which I didn't get to before, is when you were at Mm -hmm. your heaviest, what was the moment? This time around or that time around? Either one is fine. Um, Okay, gotcha. um, The moment where, well, I guess the biggest struggle would be the first time around when you said Mm -hmm. to yourself, what was that moment where you kind of disconnected the body to the self-identity? Because at your highest Mm -hmm. weight, it's very hard to look at yourself in the mirror and go, I love myself. So for the people who are, maybe at their heaviest, struggling with their weight, they're mentally all up in their head. They have no self-confidence. What was that moment? What did you tell yourself and how did you get through that to be to make decisions to be healthier? Even though I know it was an yeah. experiment, but for the people who aren't yeah. going through an experiment, what kind of message can you give for that person?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So the first time I did it, I didn't really developed that sense of awareness yet of like okay I am more than my body that happened years later as I was doing therapy and life coaching, reading books and understanding identity and ego and these parts of me that happened years later when I was back in shape right <clears throat> and then uh, so that's where I started to develop that self love was years after fit to fit to fit but now that I look back as like that was the catalyst that was the thing that jump started it into this realm um, <clears throat> and then this time around doing it a second time being heavier. It was really, really interesting because you talk about self-love this time around. It was difficult because there was a, a, a personal life challenge that happened. I went through a, a really hard breakup in the middle of my journey at my heaviest and most unhealthiest you know, point in time. It was like the worst timing ever. And I was in the public eye and there was all this, you know, there's all these emotions because. One, I'm more self-aware now, so I'm, I'm I feel the high the high highs really well, which is awesome. But I also feel the low lows, um, and so going through this breakup was really really hard because that probably was the first time in my life that I was depressed uh, close to something like that. Where when I went through my divorce, you know, later uh, a long time ago, that was years in the making. It took time to build up to make that decision. This was like boom, all of a sudden broke up. That was and that was devastating for me. And there was definitely moments where I didn't love myself. I didn't like who I was. I definitely, um, there's some things that helped me through that were journaling Mm. to realize that this part of me that's sad is a part of me. It's not all of me. And the thing that kept coming back is your current situation is not your final destination. Mm. Your current situation is not your final destination. And so what I've learned over the years is I've been through some low lows and no matter how hard it is, it's always going to be temporary. You're never going to be stuck there. So that was kind of the thing that brought me, that helped to give me hope where, yeah, sure. Maybe I didn't show myself as much self-love during that time. Uh, self-love during that time looks like Ben and Jerry's ice cream and wine because I couldn't exercise, mm-hmm. you know, and I couldn't, you know, because I had to finish my journey. Sounds like a great combo. I didn't, yeah, <laughs> it does work and that I'm not <laughs> condoning the behavior, but it was powerful for me to experience that firsthand, the emotional eating aspect. And I see why people get stuck there because it's so alluring that the taste, the feel the dopamine hit that you get from like the alcohol and, and it makes you feel temporarily better. It makes yeah. you, you know uh, it numbs the pain yeah. temporarily. It really does. And so for me, it's a feel that experience that was really powerful for me. Um, but for me, the thing that, that I guess helped me get out of that was realizing that, this is all temporary. And that anytime you get attached to the motions, to the point where you think this is it, this is final. Like I'm always going to be a failure. I'm always going to be a screw up. That kind of self-sabotage talk over the years, I've learned how to separate myself from that, not saying drown it out because it's a part of you. So listen to it, let it suck, let it hurt, let it be painful. Don't try and fast forward through the pain by numbing yourself with substances like food, drugs, or alcohol, But I get if you need to do that for a period of time, Um, but eventually realize that this is all happening for you and not to you. And so that's why I want people out there that are struggling with their weight that might not be in a place where, yes, saying you love yourself is really powerful and operating at a place of self-love is really powerful. If you don't believe that yet, that's okay. In my opinion, just keep going, you know, just keep going, doing those things that, you know, you're supposed to do meditation positive affirmations, gratitude lists, the little things that make a huge difference in in developing that self-love eventually. And so that's where, like, for me, is that that self-awareness is probably the most important step to get you to where you want to be mm-hmm. is that self-awareness of, okay, what am I doing? To, am I self-sabotaging right now? Yes, I'm self-sabotaging. And just be, being aware of it mm-hmm. is a huge first step versus being in denial or, you know, numbing to the point where you don't even aren't even aware of what you're yeah. doing. You know, and then you wake up the next day. You're like, "Man, did I eat that whole pint of ice cream? Did I drink that whole bottle of wine?" Like, "Oh yeah. my gosh, I can't believe I did that." Yeah, that awareness is the first step, in in my opinion, to getting out of that situation.
0: Wow, are you sure you shouldn't go into being a therapist? I mean, you're you're hitting on all the things that I do. Uh, you know, you're this telling all this- the stuff I've
1: learned over the years. You know, working <laughs> with people like you that have helped me tie in the the connection between the therapy world. And the health and fitness world. Yeah. It's and it's very much connected. Like I said before, it's so tied together. And that's why I'm trying to bring some awareness into this fitness industry that's so focused on body image. Which is to, why I wanted to, to have
0: you on. You know, thank you. your journey is not that. just about the physical side, it really showed a lot of uh, mental health and emotions, you know, which is why a lot of sports teams are having mental health professionals on their teams as part of the staff, yes. why they're focusing on that. You know, there's a great documentary called The Weight of the Gold. It's about, uh, mm-hmm. Olympic athletes and the yeah, post <laughs> Olympic low and the depression yeah. and Apollo Ono and Michael Phelps talk about how it's so on performance and not about who I am. Four yeah. years of crazy hard work for 30, not even 30 seconds of your life to be decided by 0.1 seconds, something crazy like that
1: yeah.
0: is very difficult. You know, I really don't want to ask you any more questions because that, that ending was perfect. Um, what are you working on? What are some things that you are, you're involved with? What are some things you want to promote Mm -hmm. for our listeners? And if someone wanted to talk with you, chat with you, work with you, how can they find you?
1: Yeah. So right now I'm in the process of losing the weight that I gained, right? So I gained 62 pounds this time and I'm, I'm down like 38. So my main focus is getting my body back to where it was. Uh, but then also getting this message across. So doing lots of podcasts and interviews uh, to, to really get this, like I said, my whole goal was to have the fit to fat to fit thing almost be like a, a vehicle to get people to really hear my message. And so that's kind of my main focus is getting the word out there um, of, of, what, of the change I'm trying to bring to this industry. And so uh, people can go to fit to fat to fit with a number two in between. That's all my social media handles. It's my website if you want to follow along do this journey with me. You can still you know, sign up and, and join with me. But um, anyways, that's kind of uh, where people can find me. And And thanks for having me on, Eli.
0: Thank you so much, Drew. It was so nice connecting with you. And and really, I feel very connected to what you were saying. It's a beautiful story and something that's a beautiful message for a lot of people who struggle. And um, I can't wait to share this episode and uh, hopefully we'll be Thank in you. touch. And um, uh, I hope your message gets out there because it's so important.
1: Thank you, Eli. I really appreciate it, man.
0: Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Dude Therapist, where we spoke with Drew Manning, the fit to fat to fit viral idea concept of bridging the gap and creating empathy in a world that is lacking it, which is the fitness world. We really got into the mental health side of losing and gaining weight and what it can do with defining your identity and how, as a society, we define ourselves so much by our bodies, including myself and everyone in the world struggle with this daily it was a great experience chatting with such an amazing human being doing such great work helping create more love and empathy in the fitness world i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did follow him in all the show notes check out the dude therapist other episodes coming your way and season one and some of season two that you've missed so far thank you for tuning in if you have any questions concerns ideas comments collaborations email me at thedudetherapist at gmail.com or message me on Instagram at thedudetherapist. Don't forget to be kind to yourself and to others and see you next time on the Dude Therapist Podcast. Thank you so much to listening to this week's episode of the Dude Therapist. And it only is happening because of you, the listeners, tuning in every week even twice a week, to this show all about mental health, relationships, and wellness topics. And really, let's be honest, everything in between. And I'm so excited to show up every time and having great guests. So thank you. And if you have any questions, concerns, ideas, collaborations, email me at thedudetherapist@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at thedudetherapist.com. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know your ideas. I can't wait to hear from you. And if you can go along, subscribe, rate, review on all the streaming sites that you're listening on. I truly appreciate it because that's what make this thing happen. So thanks for tuning in this week and see you next time on the Dude Therapist podcast. We've got more guests and more great content coming your way.